as, again, as I'm getting all straightened out up here, I want to encourage you to, again, check your bulletins for announcements concerning church life and also to check out the connection cards and be filling those out. Now, if you are experiencing a sense of deja vu right now, then uh, you are not alone because I uh, was asked to preach the last Sunday of 2017 as well. I am not typically uh, up here preaching, so again, if you're feeling deja vu, it's not just you, it's me as well. Uh, And I kind of wonder if there is a trend at play here. Um, Either, and I thought this to myself, either A, you know, maybe I'm doing okay at preaching and the end of the year is like the perfect time for me to do it, or B, our pastors really just want to break after Christmas. Uh, And I don't know. I don't know which one. We can decide for ourselves which one it might be. I'm just kidding. It's (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. Now, uh, you know, I am not known for having a particularly good memory. Uh, Unfortunately for me, this is something I figured out uh, very, or not very early on, but somewhat early on in my life. And so I have adapted modern technology to overcome my shortcomings. Calendar reminders save my life. I have calendar reminders for meetings. I have calendar reminders for birthdays. All these things I I put in my phone. And so my phone will send me an email to tell me, hey, there's a birthday coming up. Don't forget, you dunce, because I will forget. By the way, there's an important thing coming up. Don't forget. Now, I even had a reminder that I was preaching today. Not that I would forget, not that I would, you know, not show up to church today, but just in case, just in case to have it there. Um, but there are uh, some things that I remember pretty clearly. Uh, Eleven years ago, more or less, I remember um, being at a Starbucks on Beach Boulevard and Whittier Boulevard, and not too far from here. And it was the night that I DTR'd with my now wife, Susan. Now, if you don't know what DTR means, okay, it's, it's, it's short for defining the relationship. It was the night that I sat down with my wife, uh, my, Susan, and, and I said to her, I, I told her that I liked her and that I wanted to date her exclusively. It's a very terrifying thing as a young person to do that. But I remember, I remember doing that. And for the record, I also remember that when I t- confessed this, this information to her, I was very, very open, you know, that she, uh, she laughed. She laughed loudly at me uh, in that moment. God bless Susan. She's so good to, she's so good to me. After she uh, was done uh, laughing, after the laughter subsided, uh, she said okay. And obviously the rest is history. 
Now, you're going to laugh at me for this, but as soon as she said, okay, I pulled out my phone. I pulled out my phone. I was like, I need to remember this moment in time and this day, December 3rd, 2.47 a.m., boom. Every year, that reminder comes up for me. I am reminded every year. Uh, And I do this for almost every major life event that has occurred to me since then. The day that Susan and I were engaged, boom, reminder. Um, The day, our anniversary date, boom, I got a reminder for that. Not only do I get a reminder for that, I have my phone tell me three weeks before it's our anniversary, again, two weeks before anniversary, and then again, one week before anniversary, just to make sure that I really, really, really don't forget that day. Okay. Um, you know, when my daughter uh, Amelia was born, boom, hey, daughter was born this day, at this time, don't forget. Uh, when my son Owen was born, you know, I... Uh, cut his umbilical cord, and then I pulled my phone out immediately, and I was like, this is the time. Okay, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. I didn't really do that. (laughs) Shame on you for believing me, if you believe me. Now, now why did I do that? Why do I go through all this effort uh, to remember? And I do that because remembering is special, isn't it? We all want to either remember or be remembered. And doesn't it make us feel special when someone unexpectedly remembers your name or when you're surprised with a card or a note on your birthday or if someone remembers the names of your children or a conversation you had with them years ago? And contrast that with the disappointment that we can feel when someone we care about forgets. Maybe they forget to attend a graduation or forgets an anniversary. Forgets even to pick up a particular item at a grocery store. And sometimes even in the small and innocuous things that we can forget, can have a big impact on our lives. Few things can hurt us more than being forgotten about. What we remember speaks loudly about the experiences that mean the most to us or have had the biggest impact, positive or negative, in our lives. So as I was working on this message and I was reflecting on you know, approaching a new year, because I did this a year ago, um, and I didn't want to use the same message, because that would be a shame. You may remember it. <laughs> I was really challenged to reflect on what Scripture teaches us, uh, that what Scripture teaches us that God remembers, what He wants us to remember, and how we might honor God in our remembering. In Hebrews 8, 10 through 12, it says this, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers 
on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, and so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I'll put my laws into their minds, write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. They shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, but they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful towards their iniquities, and I'll remember their sins no more. Let's pray. God of all remembering, as a church, we come before you. Remember us, God. You know everyone here, the contours of every person's year, their joys and their struggles in ways that I cannot fathom. Meet us here this morning through your word encourage us, challenge us, convict us by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, in that line of thinking, I wanted to go over three main points that touch upon what the Bible tells us about remembering. And first, to do that, I want to go over an overview of God's memory. And the first point is that God remembers his promises. God remembers his promises. In Psalm 105, 8 through 10, it reads this. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, The oath he swore to Isaac, he confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. Now, in uh, most uh, marriage ceremonies, um, there are vows or promises that are exchanged um, to have and to hold for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish. And these are all fantastic vows. But for those of us who are married, if we're being honest with ourselves, we have to admit that we don't always uphold or remember these promises. We don't always live up to the full measure of what we vowed. There are days... Um, when we may not always feel like loving our partner, when we may not always cherish them the way that we want to, when they are sick and hacking up a lung, you know, in, and you want to cherish them by sleeping in another room. Right? <laughs> but when Psalm 105 says that God remembers his covenant forever, Not only does it mean that he will always remember his promises, but that he will never lapse in remembering them. God does not have any off days with us. 
This means that even when we break our promises to God, He will not forget His promises to us. In 2 Timothy 2.13, it says, If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. And what a great comfort, I hope it is, to us knowing that with God there is no lapse in his memory. There is no wavering in him carrying out the promises that he's made. On our next point, that God remembers his people. God remembers his people intimately. You know, Scripture is filled not just with um, God remembering the promises he's made in a vague, general way, but he remembers people specifically, intimately. In Genesis 8, God specifically remembers Noah. In Genesis 19, God specifically remembers Abraham. In Genesis 30, God specifically remembers Rachel. Isaiah 43.1 says that God calls each person by name. You see, God does not just remember you as an idea or one of 7.6 billion people who live on earth. He remembers you individually, uniquely you. And he holds you as special, a person who's made in his image. I'd like to think that I uh, know my daughter pretty well, my daughter Amelia, at this point. I remember that she's three and a half years old. I remember that she was born via C-section I remember that she had jaundice when she was a newborn. I remember that she's a girl, obviously. I remember that pink and purple are her favorite colors, um, that she loves the show Daniel Tiger, at least until she started loving this other show called Super Y more, which I really don't like that show as much. Uh, it's, It's an inferior show. Um, I remember that she loves being a ballerina, a singer, a dancer. I remember that she is afraid of birds, ducks, and geese, so we cannot go to any parks anymore. But the point is, and I could go on, the point is, is that I remember her in detail. It would be a little bit strange if someone else knew my daughter as well as either Susan or myself did. But, and yet, God remembers each of us in infinitely greater detail than how I am currently describing and remembering my own daughter. Can you imagine that? God knows you more than you know yourself. He remembers you by name. So many of the uh, maladies that plague us in this life would be cured if we could hold to this truth 
that God remembers you, that God remembers us, that we are remembered. How many people here live with anxiety, anxiety driven about what other people expect of us or think of us? How many people struggle with their self-worth, their self-image, who look in the mirror and say to themselves that they are ugly or that they are unworthy of love? To that person, I say, stop it. God remembers you. He remembers your name. He knows the contours of your life, your favorite colors, your joys, and your sorrows. And he seeks to embrace you all the same. Going to our next point, God does not forget. God does not forget. Isaiah 49.15 says this, Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. I will not forget you. How many people here um, forget their car keys on a regular basis? Right? It's okay. There's no shame. (laughs) Uh, Or your wallets or your purses. Young people, your homework. Surely you guys forget. No. No one wants to acknowledge that. I was just a bad student. (laughs) Um, You know, if you are like me, I I hate forgetting my car keys. If you are like me, uh, you calculate with mathematical precision exactly when you need to leave your house to arrive at a place on time. You know, okay, I need to leave at this time to get there. And it is exactly in those times when when it is most important for you to arrive on time that you will forget your keys. You'll forget where they are. You will lose track of them. I hate that. And you'll spend 15 minutes searching around your house. Now, a mother, can you imagine a mother who would lose track of her newborn child? Ridiculous. That would never happen. You know, newborns are they're special, they're precious, at a whole different level than car keys. And yet, God says that he, his memory is much the same. The idea that God would forget you or his people is as ludicrous as a mother forgetting her newborn baby. In other words, God will never forget you. To be forgotten is to feel truly alone. But for those in Christ Jesus, you will never be truly alone. At the cross in Luke chapter 23, 42 through 43, a criminal is hanging on a cross next to Jesus. And the criminal turns to Jesus And what does he say? He says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
And Jesus, he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. This criminal is desperate, he is afraid, and he somehow knows that the only hope he has is in the person hanging on the cross next to him. And Jesus' response to the criminal is legendary. In effect, he says, yes, I will remember you. I will not forget you. No person here who puts their faith in Jesus Christ will ever be put to shame or be forgotten. If you have not put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, know that there is no magic prayer. This guilty criminal on the cross clearly did not say one. He simply asked Jesus to remember him. And that says so much. This criminal knew that Jesus was his only hope. And he had the faith to know that Jesus would remember him. If you are feeling forgotten, if you are feeling lost, then I invite you this day to ask Jesus to remember you as well. And if you do that, he will turn to you and say, yes, I will remember you. If you're considering this for the first time, I strongly encourage you to seek out Pastor Corey or Pastor Darren to talk about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus and to be remembered by him. Okay, moving on to our next point. Remembering is essential to the Christian life. Remembering is essential to the Christian life. Scripture not only tells us that God remembers his promises and his people and that he will not forget us, it also commands us to remember God's works in our lives. Why? For the same reason that plants wilt when they do not receive sunlight, that fish perish when they're removed from the ocean, and people grow faint when we do not get enough oxygen. Remembering who God is and what he has done is the oxygen that energizes the life of a Christian. If we deprive ourselves of remembering, then we are depriving ourselves of life. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through uh, 25 says this, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. You see, the gospel is oxygen to the believer. Remembering what Jesus has done, when we do that, when we take communion, when we come to church, when we spend time in Bible study, we are taking a deep inhale of our, for our spiritual lives. 
Remembering is our inhale. And when we stop breathing, our bodies begin to decay, and so does our spiritual life. If we cease to remember, we make ourselves susceptible to discontentedness, jealousy, envy, bitterness, pride, selfishness. If you're here feeling spiritually weak or anemic, how much time, ask yourself, how much time are you spending remembering? Today, I I want us to take a few minutes to engage in intentional remembering. I'm going to read part of a commencement speech given by Fred Rogers in 2002 of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood uh, at Dartmouth College. I've modified the wording of it somewhat. But I'd like everyone to, to really think about this. How have you gotten to where you are today? Whether young or old, many of us would not be the people we are today or where we are today if we had not had at least one person whom God has put in our lives who believed in us. This person for you might be in this room or they might be far away They might even be in heaven. But wherever they are, they represented the love of Jesus Christ to you. They encouraged you. They challenged you. And always wanted the best in life for you. So let's take a minute and each of us remember and honor those whom God has put in your life and who have loved you along the way. Now, we're going to do this uh, somewhat quickly, but I'd like for you to now um, turn to a neighbor, look, look around you, and share that person's, the person who came to mind for you, share that person's name, and maybe one sentence, you know, the person near you, about who you thought of and why that person was special to you. So go ahead, just look around, look around, look to a neighbor. And go ahead and do that now.
Okay, as we, um, sorry to cut you off. You'll have plenty of time to continue to share after. As we uh, continue on, I, I hope you're, uh, the Lord is blessing you in this time of remembering. Uh, as we continue on in that moment, taking the, the gratitude and the joy that you may have now thinking of that person, um, think now of Christ who put that person you're thinking of into your life, who even as he hung on the cross, turns to you and says, I will remember you, that you are not forgotten. Ephesians 2, paraphrasing, um, says this, Remember that you are at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. As we begin to close, uh, there's one final point I want us to remember today. Um, And we've spent a lot of time thinking about what God remembers and what we are charged with remembering. But there is one thing in Scripture that God forgets. There is one thing in Scripture that God forgets. I'm going to skip to... Um, the bottom of Hebrews eight, twelve, when God says, For I will be merciful towards their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. For everyone who calls upon the name of Jesus Christ, he will remember our sins no more. And what joy and hope this should bring us for as often as we can remember it. We can spend so much of our time and our energy worrying, agonizing about our mistakes, the bad impressions that we have made upon people. And yet for those who follow Jesus Christ, we are separated from our sins. There's no need to worry, no need to carry a burden, no need to wear a mask. In closing, I'd like to read something that uh, Pastor Tim Keller wrote a couple days ago that I felt really summarized well our message this morning. He wrote this, Lord, I worry because I forget your wisdom. I resent because I forget your mercy. I covet because I forget your beauty. I sin because I forget your holiness. I fear because I forget your sovereignty. You always remember me. Help me to remember you. Amen. With so much contending in our world for our attention and energy, may you and your loved ones Go into 2019 with the joy, hope, peace, and gratitude that come 
from remembering our great God? Let's pray. God, you remember us. You do not forget us. But you forget our sin because of what your son Christ has done. God, help us to not forget you. We are so prone to forget. But even when we forget, God, you still bring us close to you. You draw us back in. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room that that we would be known by you, that we would have enjoy the full measure of what it means to be remembered by you. I pray for those who don't know you now, God, for those who, who, who may not have a relationship with you, God. And Lord, I pray that you would be speaking to them, God, that they could know what it means to be remembered by you, the God of the universe. Thank you so much for your son, Christ, God. Lord, I, we pray that you would... Um, God, just bless our church. Watch over our church. God, thank you, as Pastor Corey said, for everything that you've done this year, God. Lord, protect us and guide us into 2019. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.